What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. A little full from last week's uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, activities and Black Friday shopping that we no doubt probably didn't partake in because Black Friday is also canceled. <laughs> but I did actually, I went to the grocery store to go get some stuff, get some uh, actually some chai tea that I'm drinking and uh, noticed that some Black Friday deals are already out. Uh, video games are basically half off, so I'll probably be picking up some new games. Um, I already got the TV, which you can't see, but it's off to the side and wall mounted. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously the holidays are in full swing at this point. So usually this is when the industry kind of starts shutting down. But for Morgan Rose, who is our guest, uh, you probably know him from Seven Dust. They just put out a record, a pretty good one at that. It debuted in the top 10 on Billboard. Um, but we're actually here to talk about his solo record, Controlled Chaos, which is already out now via Rise Records. And uh, yeah, this is a, a little bit different than uh, I think I was expecting, especially, you know, they put out that song, The Answer, as the first single. I mean, you know, there's only five songs. And when I heard it, I was like, eh, this just sounds like, you know, a Seven Dust song without Lejean on it. Like I can hear the Seven Dust sound to it. And then it was honestly going from there, the rest of the record where I was like, oh, oh, th- this this really is not Seven Dust at all. Like, and I kind of almost wish maybe the answer wouldn't have been on this record and gotten something more in the vein of what the rest of the EP is going to be or is. And uh, we're, sadly, we're sadly Dan thing. will that sadly Dan will never listen to this because he just doesn't listen to EPs. I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. But it is weird hearing. Uh, it is weird hearing Morgan sing. Yeah. I actually think he's got more of a range than I even thought he did. I mean, it, it sucks to say that given what he does in Seven Dust, you just assume he's going to scream all over everything. Right, yeah. And that's really not the case. There's actually a couple of songs on this, uh, especially, you know, like the last track on the record, where it almost feels a bit like some like Downward Spiral era kind of like Nine Inch Nails at times. Yeah, I haven't actually listened to the whole thing yet, but yeah, it's it's interesting to hear like that sort of direction. I, I really like that question that you asked him too about um, what some of his vocal influences were that maybe we wouldn't know about. Um, Elton John was the most surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is, you know, I would say a good, I mean, granted, again, it's only five songs. Half of the record is him playing like a piano or keys of some sort. So the fact that he kind of referenced Elton John when he said that, I was like, you know, I can kind of see that actually. Um, it's not in saying like that he sounds like Elton John in any way, shape, or form, but I could see where that influence kind of is coming through in some of his stuff. But like I said, I, I kind of get more of a, you know, at times Elaine Staley, a Trent Reznor, um, you know, kind of massive attacky, you know, kind of. There's one song on here that straight up sounds like it was a B-side from the Queen of the Dam soundtrack for the Lestats band. Yeah, it's very dark. <laughs> it's so brooding. You wouldn't understand. Your parents definitely won't understand. Only your best friend who's actually totally for real vampire. Even though you saw him in gym class wearing gym shorts out in the sunlight. But, you know, it's he's a vampire. <laughs> that reminds me. <clears throat> this has nothing to do with anything, but it's it's a funny story. Um, so I used to work at Sam's Club in there. I would go in in the mornings to open the store and open the front end as the front end supervisor. And <laughs> there was a dude as I was walking past the freezer section, you know, and we have the overnight crew stocking out everything. And I just hear some like, I would say like death metal kind of shit, you know, just hear like, like just blast beats and shit. Yeah. And like, I'm walking to see who it is. Cause I'm like, who the fuck is listening to this? And then I peeked down an aisle 
And there was this dude uh, named Tom and Tom, I call him heavy metal Tom because he has like long black hair that he, you know, uh, dyes black, wears camo pants all the time. Like just is basically the quintessential metal dude has like the small gauntlety kind of things on at all times. Yeah. You know, eyebrow piercing, all that kind of stuff. And there he is with like a big cardboard box uh, from like the pizza that he had just been stocking. And he's just like windmilling, like playing this pizza box guitar. <laughs> Along nice. to what he's playing. And it was just like one of those things. It's like, I'm tired and presumably hung over. And I just looked down and like, that was the last thing I was expecting to literally see at five 45 in the morning. <clears throat> How so, do you get up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was a fun, fun thing that, you know, I was reminded of randomly as you were talking about, uh, you know, people not understanding or being true, true. It sounds <clears throat> to me like that was just a dude enjoying his day. That's, that's exciting. <laughs> No Morgan, Morgan or Tom? Both. Okay. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan seemed pretty, pretty stoked uh, to be on the phone doing, uh, doing, doing press stuff. I know he has mentioned in the past that he's always kind of weird about doing, about like talking about that kind of stuff and uh, like talking. Well, like yeah, check out this thing that I'm doing or whatever. But I, I kind of like that about him that he's been, he's been in the industry so long at this point that he almost feels bad when he's like trying to pitch something to people. Yeah, I tend to find some people are really bad at being self promoters. I, I think I'm kind of one of it. Like, you know, people will be like, oh, you have a podcast. I'm like, Meh, yeah, doesn't everybody yeah. Let me check it out if you want. <clears throat> a lot of times that's how I feel about it. But, um, you know, like I said, this uh, chat is kind of short, so we're going to try to keep this short as well. Uh, stories about, you know, windmill headbanging, playing a pizza box guitar uh, aside. Um, and just as a little heads up, uh, the audio quality on this interview with Morgan Rose, uh, for some reason, it put my channel in stereo. So I'm only in your left ear uh, or left speaker when you're listening to this. Not really anything I can do about it, but it doesn't uh, take away from the quality of the conversation that Morgan and I had. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Morgan Rose, and we'll talk to you on the other side of it. I just had to pull up like every <laughs> every app to make sure that uh, Kevin wasn't emailing me, wasn't trying to phone call me, or that if something went wrong with this, that you guys weren't going to try Skype right away. So I was like, shit, I should probably open that all up just in case something happens so I'm ready nice. no matter what, what avenue you go. So it was a little bit of like overwhelming going like, how much fucking technology do we need at any right. given point? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's endless. Yeah. Uh, well, I uh, don't know if you have someone right behind me, so we'll get right into it so that way I don't take up too much of your time. Yeah, all good, buddy. So I have the pleasure of talking to Morgan Rose, who's most known as the drummer for Seven Dust. Uh, but we're here to actually talk about the solo EP, Controlled Chaos, which is coming out Friday on November 27th. Um, first off, uh, on the Seven Dust front, congrats on the Billboard uh I don't want to call it a nomination because today was Grammy, so I'm like in nomination mode. But uh, basically, right. breaking into the top ten with the record uh, "Blood and Stone." How does it feel to be twenty plus years into a career and still getting uh, accolades? And people still supporting the new music you're putting out versus just you know the old stuff that everyone knows and loves already. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the I was just telling the guy I was talking to before you. I was like, it's just seven dust law, you know, and I'm such a you know, half glass, half empty type of asshole sometimes that, you know, 
people would be like, I would have pricked. But I mean, I was like, you know, we get a top 10 billboard record first time in our career and we can't tour it. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, they're like, congratulations, dude. Top 10 at billboard. I'm like, cool. Where are we going? They're like, nowhere. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but yeah, as far as the feeling of it, I mean, the people that support our band are so loyal. I mean, they're they're like, I've said it before. I was like, you know, there are bands that have more fans, so to speak. You know, we don't like to really call them that. Uh, but um, they might have more people, but ours are small but mighty. If you were to take ours and level off every other band's best that they have up to that number, they'd have no shot. Ours are rabid, you know, they're, they're loyal, they're crazy and, uh, and we love them for it. So, you know, this is just a testament to them. I mean, we're, we're not the boss, you know, they're the boss. So (laughs) they're the ones that went out there and, and did what they did to put that number there. I think that's something that a lot of people possibly actually forget uh, in this, uh, you know, because you hear everyone always say, like, you know, we make the music that we want for ourselves. And actually, kind of surprisingly, very recently, I forget who I was talking to was like, hey, no, you know what we make? Oh, it was uh, Frank from Hatebreed was like, no, I mean, we make music now with other people in mind because you kind of can't think so narrow minded if you're trying to capture that crowd at a, you know, uh, you know, some of these big European summer festivals that you guys go to that you kind of have to appease them at times too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how conscious it is on our end. I mean, we've been lucky enough to where the band's so diverse that with the exception of us doing the Polka record or something out there really out in left field, it's like, I mean, when we went from doing, you know, home to, putting angel sun and live again and stuff on animosity. And then all of a sudden people are like, animosity is my favorite record. And I'm like, how's that possible? You know, we're not the same band. Um, but we built, uh, we built a lot of loyalty through that. And I think that a lot of the lyrics, Lejean's delivery and the lyrics that, that the band has put out there, I honestly believe just struck a chord with people. I mean, I've just heard too many times that those songs and those words help them through tough times that to me, I just look at it and think that must be it. Cause there's right. a lot of music out there. You know, you got to say something to connect with the people. There's gotta be something there that they can take in, you know? I mean, I know that we're a fun, or at least I've been told we're a fun band to, to watch live and we definitely enjoy it. Um, but there's gotta be some more substance in, than that because there's tons of bands out there that are just murdering shit live. I mean, if it was just that and that was the only thing we had to offer, we're a hundred years old, man. We wouldn't be, <laughs> I don't think we'd be competing with that stuff anymore. So, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a really beautiful thing to have such a connection with the people that care about us. Well, I think it's actually a good segue into your solo record control or solo EP, I guess for now. Um, you know, I think there's a lot actually that I connected with, and surprisingly, I felt like uh, the answer was almost like a swerve tactic at, at of sorts because it's like that's the only single out. And I, when I got the rest yeah. of the record, I was like, I honest, maybe it's because I like things that aren't the standard. I guess, for lack of a better term, like I would feel like that was that would be something I would expect from you, being you know one of the vocalists of Seven Dust, where it's honestly songs like. 
you know, come alive and, and really clarity and exhale, exhale that really for me are like, fuck, this is what I want. I would have wanted to hear to get me excited about this and not make me feel like it's just an obvious offshoot of, well, these probably were just some songs that Morgan brought to the seven dust. Yeah. And they weren't accepted. And that's so wild that you say all this. Cause that's like, that's, that's a great, all those are great. That's just great that you said that. Cause that was the conversation. The conversation was always, what's the objective here? You know? And I was like, there is no real objective, you know, it's just getting some music out there and the people that support our band, they support us collectively, you know, as, as a whole. So Clint puts a solo record out, people go and listen to it. John puts projected out, people go listen to it. When LeJean puts his out, they'll go listen to it. And I knew it was all going to happen. I mean, when I put mine out, the, the question was, do we go with a song that is kind of definitely closer to the seven dust world that and not only that but vocally has enough screaming in there that it's like yeah yeah there he is you know that's the guy oh yeah there's look how cute there's, there's some vocals in here that aren't screaming you know and then, oh yeah there's the screaming stuff i mean or do we go with something you know that's way more mellow and vibey and darker you know and the idea was let's go with something let's let's kind of we're just gonna release this thing as like a grat track there's only five fucking songs on the thing when you're calling it a grat track you know like, <laughs> yeah, this is a grat track and then here's the other one and now your record's done you know i mean it, it wasn't uh it wasn't like i had nine more you know in the in the chamber waiting but uh but that was a decision and i don't really know which one i would have gone with still because they haven't heard the record yet you know you've heard it but they right. haven't I think the thing for me about it, though, is, you know, it's and and having done this for almost four and a half years now, you know, you hear all the cliche things when you're talking to someone about a new record. You know, I wanted to stretch my songwriting muscles. I wanted to kind of showcase that we're not just this one thing. But to me, you know, you have always kind of talked about your love of so many different genres of music. And, you know, kind of like I said, Exhale and Faster Man kind of give me at times – Something that reminds me of Nine Inch Nails, but also kind of goes in like a massive attack kind of vibe where it's like you're kind of marrying these two things together. And to me, that has me more excited to see and listen to more of the record going like, okay, well, what else you fucking got for me? Because I don't hear those examples on other than obviously covering Nine Inch Nails, but I don't hear those in Seven Dust necessarily. So that would get me more excited to listen to this record. So the more I kept listening to this and... I mean, congratulations. This, I think this is a great EP, and it really sucks because one of the questions I was going to ask is, you know, what else do you have in the tank right now? Uh, are you writing new stuff for this, uh, and where are you kind of going with it? But it sounds like this kind of was it so far. Well, I mean, I had no idea. There were two parts to it. You know, one was I had no idea whether, you know, when the world was going to open up. So once Seven Dust gets going, it doesn't mean that I can't write, but it definitely – that starts to take on some priority that uh, it's not just the being gone and, and touring that and, and dealing with that, but it's the uh, just the availability of being done to record and do what I would like to do. So uh, that was the first part of it. Uh, the other part was I didn't know if anybody really gave a shit. 
I mean, in all honesty, it's like if I put these five songs out and no one cares and they go, well, that was fun, you know, please don't do that again. Then I'll write, I'll continue to write music. I just probably wouldn't put another Morgan Rose record out. But I had a lot to say um, over, you know, what I had gone through over the last year. So, and I have plenty more to say, but I didn't think that it was right for me to go any deeper into it. And I didn't think that, it would even get its due because like I said, I don't think the attention span to human beings these days allows the ability to put a full record out and for them to really absorb the whole thing, at least lyrically. I mean, there's just way too much shit going on to expect them to listen to 10 or 12 songs and be like, man, every one of these things really affected me lyrically. You know, I mean, you're lucky if you can get through one. Well, I think what was kind of interesting about this is how really, uh, might have the I always mispronounce, but I think it's a obori oboreorus or whatever the the snake eating its own tail. This album oh, yeah. does a really good job, kind of, of doing that. I mean, the way the the album starts off with the intro, going into the answer, and then kind of just little, you know, almost mood pieces, kind of keeping the vibe of the yeah. going to then the way the record ends to then basically coming right back into itself. It's a yeah. really nice self-contained five songs, um, which just makes it so listenable and keeping it on repeat. Um, how much attention did, were you paying to the track listing when you were making this? A lot. That was my idea to not let it to let it be. I wanted it to be seamless. You know, it's only five songs. Um, you know, we like a score before. Yeah, that idea. That was kind of the idea when I was when I was coming up with that idea. It was like you know what I even I telling Andrew because he was kind of putting it together, and I was like, I want to hint, exhale earlier in the record. You know, I want them to hear that piece of music earlier in the record so that it's not a complete shock when they hear it. I think, uh, you know, it's it's not reinventing the wheel. I've, I've, that's been done before, but I just thought that it was a nice, just a nice touch to put that out there at the end of Faster Man. And uh, so that was like, I, that. the main objective was to keep it seamless and uh and to build a mood and make it kind of like just a little journey you know like it's it's a 25 26 minute little stroll you know so uh i guess kind of my last two questions uh kevin just sent me a text saying we got to wrap this up soonish um you know vocally you're kind of hitting some interesting vocal ranges on this to me i get a little hints of like scott wyland at times and then uh, I think it was more on Faster Man that kind of gave me like the Lane Staley vibes, but I couldn't really put my finger if it was because of the doubled or maybe even tripled vocals. Um, but what are some of your vocal influences maybe that would surprise some people? I mean, I'm a major minor guy, so anybody that gets into that world, you name, when you said Nine Inch Nails and Massive Attack, I was like, Jesus, man, like that. That's like, those are two of my favorites right there. Um, I just like that major minor Egyptian type of feel to progressions. So guys like Cornell that, you know, I could obviously never sing like, but I could absolutely be influenced by how wonderful his voice was and his no choice. Um, it's funny because, you know, Lane Staley, of course, I mean, that's the king of major minor, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny because that's really what I'm more interested in is that kind of stuff. I like, you know, Elton John. I like, uh, I like sad music. So I'm more influenced by singers that 
are not afraid to dig into that part of it, you know, and to be uh, guys that just, that, there's something about the feel of that that hits me hard. So those are the guys that I've always loved. I mean, I just started thinking about it, and it's like between Wyland and Lane and Cornell, it's like you would think that I had grown up a big Seattle grunge fan, you know? I mean, but it wasn't, that wasn't what it started with with me. Before those bands were ever in existence, you know, I was listening to things, you know, that were affecting me with those type of progressions. And, uh, you know, like I said, that sad, the sad chords. <laughs> yeah. Um, my last question for you, and then I'll have you plug your socials or whatever you want to plug. Um, when things go back to normal, what does the live version of this look like? Are you going to be kind of like a uh, Steely Dan kind of thing? Where, no, you know, drumming and playing, or are you going to come Never. up front and actually be more of a front man? Oh, uh, God, it could be neither. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like the thing is when I did the record, I realized that there's a lot of responsibility for some guys that goes into keeping their voice together. And, um, you know, I'm not responsible enough to take care of that thing. And I do not want to go out there and pull one of these deals where it's like, you know, everything is on, everything's recorded these days. I don't need it. It's bad enough falling apart as a drummer. I don't need to be up there in front doing that. Um, so the only thing I really could see is um, me and Clint doing something that would be, you know, because me and Clint have called me no one. Uh, I played, I took over the, I just told Clint I was going to be the drummer of his solo band now. <laughs> I mean, I just told him that, you know, it was like, it's cool. You know, you went out and did your thing and, and I loved watching it and it was, a, I'm so proud of you and you got that out of your system. Okay. I'll go ahead and take that now. He's like, huh? And I'm like, yep, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that drum spot now. Okay. So now I'll play drums for that. And then, you know, then I have this thing that he played guitar on. So it's like, it could happen where we do something where it's like an evening with an evening with, you know, I mean, me and Clint, if the, if, if the people that support seven dust wanted to see it, it would be really easy for me and Clint to go out and do a club headline tour. I mean, we could, you know, the the catalog between call me no one and Clint and me is large without playing one seven dust song. So that would be I tight. can see that happening. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, Morgan seven D is the uh is usually everywhere all of them usually okay. there's alienfreakware.com obviously and then there's um this morgan fkn rose.com uh which is i believe the new alien freakware thing since i did the record they had to move that over there um and yeah mo all the socials the instagrams the twitters all that is uh morgan 7d all right well, thank you very much for taking the time, and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thanks so much, buddy. Enjoyed talking to you. You as well. So that's my conversation with Morgan Rose of Seven Dust. And again, his solo EP, Controlled Chaos, is out now via Rise Records. Go pick it up uh, wherever you listen to your records, wherever you listen to your streaming stuff. There actually is some vinyl for this, uh, CDs, merch bundles, and all that kind of stuff. Um, might have to pick it up. I don't know if it's going to be... I actually didn't look to see if it was going to be on a full 12 inch or if this is going to be on maybe like a 10 inch because uh, maybe it could actually fit on that. Hopefully a 10 inch. I mean, I, don't, I 
can't imagine them wasting an entire vinyl record on an EP. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, wasn't my? You got me wondering if that uh, new 18 Visions is a, a 10 inch or not or 12. But I had a 10 inch down here somewhere, but I guess I don't. Never mind. Just in my pants. Looking through my vinyl, just for, <laughs> you know. I, I finally brought it closer to me, so now I can just whip a record out whenever we're, whenever we're doing one of these. Yeah, so this was a lot of fun. Uh, I strongly urge all of you to go check out the EP, Dan included. I know he doesn't listen to them, but uh, I think he'll actually like this and maybe want a full length uh, sooner than later. Um, kind of interesting news at the end that he just was like, yeah, I just joined Clint's band, his solo thing. So, like, you know, keeping it, keeping it all in the family, so... Uh, didn't even give him a choice. I just told him that that's what was going to happen. I do think it'd be actually pretty interesting to see an evening with Clint and him. Cause like you said, you know, there was uh, another band that they were in that I'm blanking on the name of now, but then between Clint stuff, uh, who has now, I think three solo records or an EP, a solo record and something else. And then Morgan, obviously with this. And I mean, if they wanted to dip into the seven dust catalog, I'm sure people wouldn't really get too upset about that. Um, so I think that would be really cool. And I think actually it'd be kind of maybe something they could actually start doing now ish, uh, you know, with some of these like drive through show or drive in shows and so forth that, uh, potentially they could do something like that and have it be an acoustic kind of thing going on. So, uh, and minimal arrangement. So a lot of possibilities for them uh, to do something looking forward to whatever it is they do. Um, I like this record a lot. And, uh, if you would like keep up with Morgan, as you heard, it's, uh, Facebook is like Morgan Rose. I think it's, it's not like specifically like how a lot of things are. We are at this at Facebook. It's just, you know, I don't think you went through and did it, but find, find them at Morgan Rose, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Morgan seven D. And if you would like keep up with all things, uh, anything he's got going on, uh, Morgan FKN and uh, once Dan gets done siphoning through his uh, vinyl collection, he will tell you where he can be found online. Sorry, I was looking for a 10-inch uh, record. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I did find one. Anyway, uh, yeah, I can be found on Facebook under Daniel Terry, under Twitter. I could be found underneath Twitter, not on Twitter, but actually underneath it in the junk drawer uh, at Discuss Metal Dan. Uh, you can find my other podcast, Discography Discussion, and Discuss Metal at DiscussMetal.com. And you can catch me streaming away on Twitch at least twice a week, sometimes more than that, either playing games or doing podcasts or any of that good stuff. Uh, and on Twitch, I am also known as Discuss Metal Dan. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, simple enough, BrewSpeakPod.com is your landing page for everything. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride in having a lot of different things, you know, like our in the news section, I think is pretty cool. So you can see and then click on the links to go to some of the sites that have actually shared stories from our podcast. Um, you know, we also highlight our friends podcast. So you can find the Talk To Me podcast, Discography Discussion, Good Company with Bowling, um, Jen, who Purple Jen, who ended up uh, building our website. Um, you know, we are all about supporting those uh, who basically support this podcast. So uh, speaking of that, obviously sponsors are a way to support us and, you know, are supporting us during uh, some of these lean COVID times where uh, funds are a little scarce at times to uh, pay for some of these things. So first and foremost, want to thank rockabilia.com head on over there and use our code brew 15 and get 15% off your total purchase order. Love Rockabilia. They have so many new holiday items. I just saw they put out a, like a line of scarves. I think they're speaking of Fear Factory, which I'm you're not going to know why that's a reference I'm making, but they have a Fear Factory uh, scarf, a Fallout Boy scarf, a bunch of uh, other things. Obviously, we've talked about the 
uh, Lamb of God or Testament gloves uh, and some other things. So they obviously have a lot of uh, winter apparel right now. Obviously, with the holidays coming, I'm sure they're going to have lots of sales. But use our code BREW15, save 15% off your total purchase order. And, uh, you know, you don't ever have to worry about the integrity of the products you're getting. They are all 100% officially licensed through the bands. So you're supporting Rockabilly, you're supporting the bands, and you're supporting us. So it's a win-win-win all the way across the board. Bean Bastard Coffee, head on over to beanbastard.com, pick up some delicious coffee. If you live in the Buffalo, New York area, go check out their brick-and-mortar store. Uh, really great success story of basically just starting something very DIY, literally slinging it at, you know, <laughs> little uh, mom-and-pop uh, arts and crafts uh, events and so forth, and then just slowly building the brand up to what it is now. So a uh, great story of you know, basically a DIY kind of a brand, um, just killing it right now. And last but not least, On Point Pomade. Use our code BSP15 to get 15% off your total purchase order. Keep your hair and beard looking on point for the holidays. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. And we will talk to you all some other time. Later, all. Later.